This program is brought to you by PersonalLifeMedia.com. everybody, welcome to the joy of living creatively. My name is Eric Maisel, and this week I'll be introducing you to a new writer in a series I'm calling Editors Take Notice. As a creativity coach, I know how hard it is for writers to get noticed, and so I've invited several aspiring novelists to introduce themselves to you, and maybe catch the ear of a literary agent or an editor in the process. Today I'd like you to meet Elizabeth Keating. Here is Elizabeth in her own words. In 1969, Elizabeth Keating resigned from her position as a high school English teacher, married, and set out on an extended camping trip, destination unknown. She and her husband were heading west. Born and raised in Chicago, she had never camped a day in her life before she made a tent her home for the first three months of her married life. Eventually, she and her husband meandered across the western states until they found their way to the San Francisco Bay Area, where they rolled up their tent and settled into the typical lifestyle of that region. They both worked, they bought and sold homes to make their way into the community of their choice in Silicon Valley, they raised two children, they volunteered in the schools and actively committed themselves to local, state, and national politics and causes they traveled. They set aside religion for spirituality. They immersed themselves in raising their consciousness through seminars, group dynamics, yoga, astrology, tarot cards, energetic healing, healthy eating, green living, psychotherapy, hypnotherapy, visualizations, meditation, retreats, and many other opportunities that contribute to personal growth. They even stayed married. Along the way, Elizabeth also wrote. She received an MA in creative writing from San Francisco State University and has written two collections of short stories and two novels. Her most recent novel, The Zen of Zelda, explores the journey 50-year-old Zelda's circumstances push her into taking. Although Zelda feels as if she's been thrown into the perfect storm of chaos and confusion, she emerges a different, a more grounded, and more aware person. In the beginning of the book, she sees herself as an independent, attractive, dynamic career woman, a partner in an interior design business and shop, who is holding her own through difficult economic times and challenging physical changes, hot flashes, for example. But as hard as she tries to maintain her sense of control over her physical presence, her business, and the community theater presentation she's organized, her world begins to crumble around her. For one thing, she has based her status and economic hopes on leveraging her town's proximity to the wedding of one of Robert and Ethel Kennedy's daughters. She has established her town as a base for the media to cover 
the accompanying Kennedy wedding guests and events, as well as the stars and big-name personalities who will likely be attending the wedding. However, on the day before the wedding, John Kennedy Jr.'s plane crashes off their shore, killing him, his wife, and his wife's sister. The wedding is canceled. Everything has changed. Zelda faces economic devastation and loss of her image as the queen of her community. Instead of riding high on prosperity, prestige, and glory, she must navigate a path that appears rooted towards destruction. She feels bereft and heartbroken, abandoned by her friends and her normally excellent instincts. In addition, she faces betrayals from her own body and her closest friends. She discovers irresponsible the people she has relied on to support her business and theater production. She suffers slights from the media even when most of the people she knows in town are appearing on TV and in the press. One way she uses to help her cope, to keep her moving forward and optimistic, comes from her newly acquired yoga practice. She often brings to mind the words of her yoga instructor when her world appears to be running amok. The following is a scene from the novel The Zen of Zelda, in which Zelda has entered the Zelda Alexander Design Studio and Shop of Distinction, owned by her and her business partner, Alexander. She slipped off her pistachio-colored linen jacket. Did you forget to turn on the air conditioning, she asked. It's warm in here, or hadn't you noticed? As soon as the words had left her mouth, she stiffened with the realization that no, Alexander probably hadn't been aware of the sudden rise in temperature. This was a personal thermostat that was resetting itself. Calm, she thought, hoping to abort the inevitable. Just remain calm. Think cool thoughts. However, as if to mock the very suggestion that she had any control over this internal Mount Vesuvius that rumbled in its rush toward eruption, as if to slap her back to reality, her cheeks stung from the first blast of heat that roared to the surface. No, 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 this must stop. Please, not now. She loathed sweating. She'd worry the whole day about residual perspiration odor. Her makeup would blotch. She'd be checking at every mirror all day wondering if unsightly circles of sweat had potmarked intimate locations on her clothes. Go to a place of calm, she reminded herself again, and she sought out that hazy middle distance her yoga teacher assured her existed. She counted to ten. She counted backwards from ten. Her temperature continued to rise. She stared straight ahead, attempting a soft focus, as she'd been taught. Yet the supposed dreamy airspace remained vibrant, even in the dim lighting. Something on display sparkled from the intermittent slices of sunlight that snuck past the ruffling branches of the maples in front of the shop. What might that be? And how could she attain serenity with all of the excitement of Kennedy Week in Rock Harbor claiming her attention? But she must try. I'll need a few minutes here, she said aloud, 
hoping the sound of her voice might exert some control over the situation. I'm calming myself. Alexander continued to ignore her. I'm aware you have hardly acknowledged my presence since I arrived, she added, but in case now is the time you've chosen to emerge from your cocoon and you should choose to speak to me, please refrain. I am centering. She remained stationary. Alexander continued to poke his nose in his brochures. She focused on her breath. She closed her eyes and visualized herself wading into the ice-fed waters of a northern river. My feet are numb with cold, she told herself. Her underarms misted in spite of her efforts and in spite of her antiperspirant. Her back erupted in trickles of moisture. Beads of sweat exploded from every pore. Damn, she uttered quietly, and then recommitted to a posture of relaxation. Eyes closed, arms dangling loosely at her sides, knees bent, shoulders down, tongue resting on the bottom of her mouth. Yet, even as she convinced her separate body parts to relax, perspiration flooded her hot, getting hotter skin, until she couldn't stand still any longer. The lava flowed fast and furiously, and her eyes popped open. She burst into a flurry of activity. She fanned her face with one hand, and with the other yanked at her linen tank top, stretching the material away from her sweat-heavy body. She puffed cooling breath onto her chest. Still she continued to sweat. From her scalp to her soles, perspiration puddled. Then, with nothing left to saturate, with her body awash in a wet, sticky coating, the flow receded to a trickle, and then to a stop. As much as she has seen herself as self-reliant, Zelda eventually comes to realize that she has a close circle of friends who have been with her every step of the way. And one of these friends, the scruffy sea captain, whom she has always found unattractive, even annoying much of the time, turns out to have been one of her biggest supporters. Gradually, she feels a subtle shift take place inside her. She learns to value happiness, forgiveness, and a sense of how she fits into the community as a person, not just as a mover and shaker with a pretty face and a nicely proportioned and well-maintained figure. Several years ago, Elizabeth Keating once again resigned her teaching position, this time as a writing instructor at De Anza College. She does, however, continue to work with writers through workshops, private manuscript consultations, and manuscript editing. She enjoys assisting writers from the beginning of a project, playing with the big ideas to the end, when the fun is found in looking at phrases and deciding on just the right word for the context. Writing is a process, and she encourages writers to embrace all of the steps that lead to the creation of the story they want to tell in the way they want to tell it. For writing tips and inspiration, and for contact information, check out her blog at www.therightpost at blogspot.com. That's www.therightpost at blogspot.com. 
That ends today's show. Tune in next week when I'll feature another aspiring novelist. To learn more about my books and services, please visit www.ericmazel.com. That's E-R-I-C-M-A-I-S-E-L.com. Have an excellent week. Find more great shows like this on personallifemedia.com.